All right, everybody, welcome to Gym Life Podcast, episode 12. I say that as I'm catching my breath. I should have waited a minute. You like walked up the stairs and that. Jesus, I'm gaining some weight right now, man. Holy moly. You know, we had a new guy join our gym this last week, and I was talking about you, and he was like, did you lose any size? I said, no, I think you gained size really? when you stopped doing strongman, yeah. yeah. We had a new guy to join the gym, and he's kind of getting back in the strongman, and he, uh, he, he was worried he had lost a bunch of size, and I told him about you, and he's like, did he, did he lose size with his injury? I said, no, he's gained all kinds of size. Yeah, I don't know why that is. I think I'm just... <laughs> I guess getting old, you don't burn calories as much as you used to when you're younger. I know. I forget so that you're 50, man. I do. Don't tell everybody that. 45. 45. 25. No, I am 50 <laughs> years old. That's right. Yeah. I'm a master strongman now. So uh, yeah. when I do finally make my comeback. So, but anyhow, everybody, welcome to what, episode 12 here at uh, Gym Life Podcast. Uh, do a little housekeeping for you. Uh, thank you so much again for following us. Uh, on Instagram and YouTube, and as many of you know, we're out on TikTok now as well. So all the likes and thumbs up and shares and all that kind of stuff we've been getting from you has been well-received, and we see it, and we thank you for it, and uh, just keep that love coming our way, and we're going to keep getting good information and content out to all of you as well. And I think Robbie changed uh, the formatting up on YouTube around a bit. If you want yeah, to not, that. not a lot of – I didn't change a lot of the formatting. I just um, – I started changing some of the covers on some things just to make it a little bit easier to find because what we are doing, like we talked about before, we're going to start adding some more content to our YouTube. So I wanted our – our uh, episodes to be distinct in identity from like some of our more fun gym content and different from our athlete interviews. So now when you go onto our page, um, they each have their own kind of individual cover. They're going to look uniform. Um, it probably doesn't help a lot on the algorithm because, you know, YouTube's all about like click through rate and all that stuff. And without it being flashy and all this stuff, we probably drop a little bit there, but that's not what we're about. I'm trying to make this easy for everybody to use and find. So as we kind of keep adding stuff, we're talking about doing product reviews, you know, we'll have a different kind of look for those as well. So that way you guys can go onto our channel and find everything super easy. So, um, yeah, just like Joe said, keep subscribing to the YouTube, the, the TikTok. by the way, you own a, owe us a TikTok dance, yeah, um, I do. I do. the TikTok, the YouTube, um, Spotify, Apple, all those ones, guys, you're doing an amazing job for us. Keep sharing it. I really, I can't say enough about it. Yeah, I think that says enough right there. I mean, just keep sharing and, and keep the love out there for Gym Life. Uh, we're going to get on there and do a bit more content stuff. I know that we've yeah. been working on, well, you have anyhow, all your all your challenges. Yeah, I've got right a now. call out to Damien yeah. Janak. If you guys don't know who he is, you need to you need to look him up uh, on his Instagram. I believe it's uh, at Damien Janak. Um, he's literally, I just found this out after I challenged him to a press competition. He has the world record total, I believe, for the 15 to 17-year-olds. Oh, wow. In powerlifting. Wow. The, a total. Total. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think, well, <laughs> well, we formatted it a little bit differently. So there's yeah, hope, hopefully right? I got a little, yeah. I got a little bit of help yeah. there, but yeah, I, think, I, I called him out and I called him out and, and then I went and looked him up at openpowerlifting.com and he's like ranked number one. And yeah. I was like, son of a bitch. Well, I mean, <laughs> listen, it's, it's the pageantry that's going to be involved in it. Uh, you know, is there a chance? Maybe, maybe he'll, yeah, I, maybe he'll uh, uh, have a bad day or something. Well, but, I got some surprises for him. So, well, we're going to do a bench press for reps with that. Yep. Body yep. weight, right? Is the body weight for reps? We're going to do body Body weight for up on the bench press. We're going to do a half body weight for overhead, standing overhead press. Yeah. And then we're going to do two times body weight for the deadlift. I figure the two times body weight deadlift for reps is the one spot I might be able to catch up to him on. Yeah. And we'll save so, that for the end. Cause yeah, we'll we save that for the end. Well, you know, this kind of reminds me of like Eddie Hall and Rhea Lovelace going together. For, yeah. Sort of. You're yeah. kind of like Rhea right now. Well, I mean, Rhea so, destroyed Eddie Hall. Well, maybe so that's I'm what probably we're like say. Eddie Hall. Yeah. Are, oh, you are? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think Damien's going to take it to me. But you know what, young man? I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, he might just be both of them, honestly. He's a freak. And yeah. The kid is uh, a pretty amazing. And we got turned on to him by and, and Daniel yep. Rijov. Yep. And, and uh, Damien is an athlete uh, of... Uh, team Larry, personal record. Personal record. Is yep. it team personal record? Yep. Yeah, Larry Wheels Company. And Larry Wheels, if you guys don't know out there, besides being a, a super influencer himself, he started a business or a company up that takes other uh, potential, I guess, influencers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And kind of gives them uh, an opportunity to, to well, to, to make money and, and to be, I guess, work as a, as it works uh, within his company to become even more 
uh, powerful influencers. I yeah, guess, really right? kind of, he tries to find kind of the best people in the world. Um, obviously with him being who he is, he, he has that opportunity um, and give uh, those people an opportunity to essentially make a living doing what they mm -hmm. love because um, yeah. we don't make any money in powerlifting. In fact, it costs us money. There, there's, there's a handful of powerlifters that make good money doing it. Um, and, and it's generally because they're influencers on YouTube or TikTok or something like that yep. where the money comes yep. from and then they pick up a sponsorship. So that's essentially what he's doing. He's kind of out there. I don't want to say handing out sponsorships because he's not giving me one, but um, giving people the opportunity to kind of take this and do what they love. And, and they're generally strong guys. I mean, Daniel Rijov, we've shown his bench yeah. press yeah. video, which I'm pretty, he could break the world record in for 225 for reps. The guy's a freak well, in the press. Break a lot of world records. Yeah. That's, and that's then, and this kid, Damien Janak, is no different. I mean, he's 17 years old, and he's an absolute freak. Um, so, I mean, put that in perspective for a minute. You know, you're 17 years old. Everybody who is at 17 years old and is in the lifting community, and not only that, all 17 up to 50, as you pointed out, how, right. how crippling old I am, uh, knows who Larry Wheels is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And to be recognized by him, uh, yep. you're doing something special. At 17 yeah. years old, you're a freak. Yeah, he's, you're a freak. he's very, very strong. So check him out on his Instagram. Yeah. Then also get ready to watch our YouTube and his YouTube because we're going to shoot some content for his channel as well. Um, and watch me destroy this kid. Yeah, let's see. I mean, you're. I mean, honestly, I don't even know how to take that. I mean, it's almost abusive, and he's only 17. So I know. Do we have to get a waiver or something. Is that the way that works? I don't know. Uh, we are probably. NC 17 here, so I mean, okay. anybody younger, we we don't need it on our end. But maybe he does. I, yeah, I don't sure. know. I'll, Damien, will you ask your mom if you're allowed to come and do oh, this? Oh boy, jeez, oh Pete, that was a call out right there, huh? Um, <laughs> well, in any case, that's gonna be fun. I know you've got some yeah. fun lined up, and I think Nick O'Hare got. Uh, well, you're gonna try to maybe. Do that. You want to talk about that? Yeah, I accidentally. Um, so when he was on here, uh, when we did the interview with him, I don't know if it was on the show or not, but we definitely at some point joked that I was going to take him downstairs and do a carry medley with him. And and you talked me out of it um, because Nick is a lot stronger than me, but also he was getting ready to go overseas and compete. And, and Nick's not the type of guy to turn down a challenge, so he would have taken me up on it. And, you know, um, it probably wasn't the right time for him. Um, but anyways, so I did a video calling out Damien and then, uh, Nick got on the video and said, well, I would have done it with you, but you said no. So naturally he called me out. So now the, you know, uh, world champion, 90 kilogram strongman and I are going to have a, some sort of carry load medley where I plan to completely destroy you, Nick. I can't believe you actually accepted the challenge. There's a part of me that thinks you really believe that, which is the frightening thing, right? I'm um, faster than he yeah. is, for sure. As long as I can handle the weights, I will outrun that guy. This is purely for entertainment, <laughs> honestly. I, oh, funny thing is... That is you I, subject yourself to this, so honestly. The funny thing is, is I posted yeah. that, and uh, I tagged um, one of his sponsors, Venator Strength, and they reposted it. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. so so now, um, you know, if I beat their athlete, they have to sign me. You know, I... I, I and, and I, I know for a fact that these guys aren't coming in lightly. They're going to just oh, try to completely he's gonna, embarrass Yeah, he's going to try to, yeah, yeah, especially Nick. I don't know Damien very well, but I've met Nick. Like you've talked about before, right. he's that guy that has, he doesn't have a switch. He's on constantly. Yeah. I mean, in the middle of Great Lakes Strongest Man, I joked with him. I said, hey, uh, George said we could have our carry medley here in between events. He's competing. And he goes, cool, what are we doing? Like, that's how much yeah. on he is. <laughs> oh, but he doesn't have a switch, remember? I don't have a switch. No, he doesn't. It's just constantly yeah, on. Right, there's, no, there's no switch. Yeah. It's when broken. you're born without a switch, generally, you don't really it's have a switch. broken, yeah. yeah. So that's going to be fun to watch. So we've, we've, we've picked it up a notch here at the podcast and yes. yeah, got into this. So I know. I have a feeling this is going to be Anything we can do for some fun content, I guess, you're willing to throw yourself in harm's And way, mind so. you, this is going to be literally, um, Damien and I are going to record this a week before I go to Michigan State Championship championships so it's oh. right on par for me injuring myself makes right perfect before sense. events yeah. it makes perfect <laughs> sense why not do that yeah. and i just got a fresh tattoo so i already have a built-in excuse for the pressing competition right well remember it's deadlifts you're going after i know now, I'm gonna, so. that's the one i want yeah well it's gonna be fun to watch and i think for that uh nick o'hare uh one we'll have to come up with some type of wilkes formula for the weight there or something for we you. weigh the same 
Yeah, yeah. Which is which unfortunate. Is yeah. <laughs> because he looks like a whole different human than me. <laughs> he really does. Because huh? I actually, I messed up. I called him out. I said, you know, one of the strongest 105 kilogram guys. And he messaged me. He says, no, I'm a little guy. I'm a 90 kilogram guy. And I said, shit, I compete at 93. We're the same weight. Well, listen, now that we know more about that, Nick is a weight cutter too. Well, so, I don't, whatever. I mean, you know what? Do we need to get out. We need to scale well, out. Well, I plan this, on so. weighing Damien before we do this competition. That's going to be part well, of yeah, our video. Yeah, it's legit. You got to make it legit. Yeah, account. legit. Yeah. yeah regardless. I'm not going to take his word for it. I'll tell you that much. No, no. I'm sure not. <laughs> All right. On to other things. Yes, That's yes, my challenges. Yes. That's your challenges, which I think are going to be so, great. So. You know, if anybody else wants a piece of this, come get Unless it's like a cheerleading challenge, I can't do um, it there. Yeah, no, not a cheer. Well, I would compete in that, actually. Oh cheerleading God. challenge. You still owe us a video. Static Monsters Worldwide. That was yeah. the big event this weekend. And if you're not familiar with Static Monsters, really what it is, and I think it's in its second or third year, it's pretty pretty new to the world. When I say world, it was 21 countries this year that you had these online uh, qualifications, I guess, essentially. You know, we've talked about that in the past, or you've been kind of big mm -hmm. on that. And this is a perfect example of how that works to some degree. Maybe not for an entire strongman show, but Static Monsters does the 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 the, the log and the, the 16 or what they call a elevated axle deadlift. So it's 16 and three quarter inches, and they do the max log press. So... It really works well with that static monster. So all these different gyms get involved in this or these different locations do all at the same time over the weekend. And these, these performances are videotaped, uh, you know, and there's been some great, there were some great ones, that's for sure. I don't know how many people participated. I would imagine thousands. I would easily say that. I know RPG, for instance, yeah, they had quite a few people just at that small location or small, sorry guys, but just at that location and in, in the kind of in, in the part of Michigan over here. And I know it went on everywhere, including 21 other countries. So I imagine maybe thousands. Yeah. I think they had like five athletes or something like that. Yeah. So multiply that by yeah. whatever. And I'm sure we're going to get there. And I know some venues had more people than that doing it as well. Uh, but what we saw was pretty amazing. If you haven't had a chance to get on, um, oh, where would it be? Uh, what, no, not, is it OSG? Is that, no, Static Monsters is an OSG. What am I saying? Where did I see all that good stuff coming from? Maybe it was just Static Monsters on Instagram. I was, I, well, I saw it reposted from Ben and like those, yeah, the guys yeah. that were competing. A lot of guys were but I think they have their own Instagram. We'll, we'll double check and put it on yeah, yeah, uh, we will. when we release we will. the episode. So if but. you get a chance to, to go look at that, there were some pretty amazing, uh, pretty amazing things done with both those events. Uh, but what I like the most about that is it kind of plays off of what we've had our conversation about here on the podcast about getting out to these corners of the world and finding out yep. who these yeah. really strong people are that would not otherwise have an opportunity to be noticed or be able to compete in an actual show mm -hmm. uh, to do these two particular lifts. Mm -hmm. Again, it's a little, maybe a little easier to pull that off uh, and, and showcase their strength and, and be recognized. And then maybe ultimately invited to the world championships, which is next year, static monsters, world championships. Then we'll take the top 10 performances on uh, now. Is it each individual event or is it both events combined? That How is a good question. Work? Yeah, that is a good question. I actually tried to get that answered and, and I, I would think it's both, but they were doing, if I, if I remember correctly, they were doing like uh, some type of, uh, you know, total, I okay. Think. So okay. maybe, maybe I, I'm not sure, but we're going to get more into that because I thought that was a pretty special event. Mm -hmm. Gabriel Pena out of Texas, the Texas Titan. Uh, he did a thousand pound, uh, elevated axle deadlift or a thousand pound, uh, 500 kilograms, which right. is a thousand, yeah, almost, almost 1100 pounds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I know a lot of you out there are probably going, well, wait a second, Eddie Hall's deadlift, or, or I guess Thor, Thor his yeah. deadlift was 501. Uh, so you're thinking, okay, well, why isn't the elevated axle deadlift more weight, right? First thought for a lot of guys that maybe haven't done it before, and we had this conversation briefly as well, because you think because it's elevated off the ground an additional, what, eight inches or so. Is it, was that right? Yeah, it's got to be close to eight. Yeah. Um, I think a plate's 13 inches, so half is six, and that was at 16, so probably 10 inches. Yeah, 10 yeah. inches. You think, well, well, then why isn't the weight, you know, uh, more, you know, in, in respect to a lower deadlift and... Uh, you know, we, we had this conversation briefly before the show started, and it's really because you remove your posterior chain from that deadlift, or most of it, because you're at the top end of that pole already, and you're, you're essentially using more lower back, more back, to try to get this bar off the ground. So instead of seeing what some would think would be a 1,400 or 1,500 pound, if it was relative to how low the bar was to the ground, right. we'd see heavier deadlifts. And 
We don't. That's that was a world record deadlift, mm-hmm. uh, elevated uh, axle deadlift by Gabriel Pena uh, at uh, 500 kilograms. So sure. good for him. That was awesome. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Um, we've talked we talked about it a little bit before the show started about whether it would be harder or not, and why we don't see bigger numbers there. I think um, I have a question about that though. So the axle deadlift. It has its own world record as well, and I think that's at like a 13-inch height. Is there just like a world record for every inch, like standard bar, 6-inch, 7-inch, 8-inch, 9-inch? I suppose if it's named, I I guess if you're right, this is considered an elevated axle deadlift. I think that's also part of the problem. Yeah, right. I mean, mean, it gets – I mean – Maybe the world record is only 500 kilograms. Listen, I don't want to take anything away from Gabriel. He can whoop the no, shit no, out of me. He's a big guy. It's a hell of a lift. Great lift. Good to watch. But maybe there's the reason the the 16 and three quarter axle deadlifts only 500 pound or 500 kilograms and not 600 kilograms is because only a few people have done oh. 16 and three quarter axle deadlifts. Well, that may be true to some degree, but even a guy like Gabriel Pena, if I'm not mistaken, is a thousand pound puller from the floor. Well, listen, again, I'm not saying he's not strong. That's like saying, that's like saying geared lifters aren't strong. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is maybe that's why, but then you go back and you think this is a worldwide event, right? You had the ability to qualify for it. If he just set the world record, everybody else was also doing that lift and nobody set the world record. So there was hundreds, if not thousands of people that also didn't get that total. So there's something there that makes it harder, for sure. There oh, yeah, has yeah. to be. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I, would, I would gather and I were, uh, that it's, again, it just has to do with kind of the way you're, you're working with your posterior chain. Yeah, and I think like a, a, a traditional axle deadlift, 13 inches, 15 inches maybe I've seen is, is probably the highest. Yeah, well, the we, 16 and three quarter one I thought was actually Yeah, well, high. actually they had the axle deadlift at the Great Lakes yeah. off the Titan wheels. Right. I think that's 13, 13 inches. Change, yeah. yeah, and I've done that pull and I'm much stronger in that. It's probably because I have a little bit more um, activation in my glutes and my posterior chain at 13 inches, whereas at 16 inches, that's almost locked out. Like you said, you're pulling... Lower back yeah, lats. Yeah, it's, it's closer. Sure. Yeah. 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 So maybe that's why. Well, then you got the silver dollar deadlift, right? So this, that's the other, or that to me was always the second biggest uh, in the strongman scene. Yeah, I think it's cool. Which is an 18 inch pull. Oh, is it 18 yeah, inches? Yeah, it's 18 inches. Oh, okay. And that's a huge flex on that bar. Yes. Uh, where you don't have that. And, the, and that's in that world record on that is only 1,200 and some change. But that's also different in that the weight's all below the bar. It's not centered on the yeah, bar, yeah. you know, yeah, so I like, it, yeah. and just the way it lines up, that's yeah. a whole different, that's a whole different lift for sure. That's yeah. like, cause I've seen, like, I watched, um, the video where, um, Eddie Hall, Robert Oberst and, and, yeah. and those guys did a silver dollar squat. And I was like, I feel like I could do that. But in, when you watch that yeah. shake and that flex and that the weight is all below the bar and like, yeah. that's a whole different ball game. Yeah. It's funny as a, as just kind of like your everyday gym goer or strongman, you know, you don't have the opportunity to really lift on anything like that. So what do you really compare it to? And if you look at that, it's like a mastodon bar or something. And the flex on that bar is like it's four nasty. inches. It's nasty. Massive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know how that affects your lift. And yeah. again, I, it's, it's a higher lift and you think, you know, by default in your brain, well, it must be a much heavier lift, but it isn't. It's totally, 1,200 yeah, yeah, pounds on yeah. the total. It's That's not, crazy. Yeah. That so. was a cool lift, though. I did watch it. Um, the guy looked like he had more in the tank. I even a little bit on that. Yeah. Um, Gabriel's yeah. on that lift. And yeah, and now he's got to be like six foot something because he still had to bend his knees. I think at 16 inches, that thing's in the middle of my thighs. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, there is some disadvantage of a taller guy. Doing yeah, too, for you know? sure. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to take that into consideration on almost every deadlift to some degree. Although I'd say deadlifting from the floor, especially conventionally, taller guys generally have, you see the freaks come out at night. We well, have you know? longer, le- longer levers. Yeah, a big le- leverage point there, yeah. uh, which is fun to watch some of these guys. You wouldn't anticipate being big deadlifters, but their height is kind of just... That's why us yeah. short round guys, we uh, sumo squat. Sumo squat. Yeah, let's <laughs> not get back into that. Yeah, let's not get back into that. No sumo in strongman. You know that, don't you? You know the only difference in strongman by definition of sumo deadlift and a traditional deadlift is hands outside the legs. So I could still sumo in strongman. Well, saying. if you were like snatch deadlifting or Which something. Which is fine. Yeah. I don't mind that. Can you do that? Oh, yeah. I, okay. I'm a strong snatch. Oh, here we go. Okay. Well, we're going to have to challenge you to that as Actually, well. funny thing is, my first PR in the deadlift was snatch grip. Like, I was stuck. Like, this is a well, two years ago. I was stuck at uh, 390 in my deadlift. I was a terrible deadlifter. I'm still not that great. 
Um, I could not get 405 to save my life. One day in training with Cody, we were messing around. He goes, we're going to do snatch grip deadlifts. I pulled 405 snatch grip. So my first PR break, my first over 400 pounds of snatch grip. That's a that's an interesting kind of pull. You know, if Mark Felix does kind of a snatch grip on his pull. Which is funny because yeah. I started doing that, and you called it out when you met me. Yeah. When, when you watched one of my deadlifts, you said, are your hands always out that wide? And I started this because I pulled the PR, and we've talked about this before too, you start neglecting technique for strength because you feel stronger one way one day, and that's what I did. Right. I started adapting this in between sumo traditional. My my stance got a little bit wider, but it wasn't sumo and it wasn't traditional. Yeah. And then my grip got a little bit wider accordingly, you know. And you, you yeah. were like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "This is how I pull." And you're like, "All right, it works for you." But now I'm having to go with with Ben, yeah. um, kind of readjust everything because again, I hit a plateau at about four, well five. 505 so i had to go readjust everything with ben in rpg i pulled 535 and he literally like he was like move your feet a half an inch and i was like okay and he's like get your hips higher and yeah, all of a sudden yeah. i pulled 535 well a good thing it worked out for you like that because a lot of guys it's usually one step back before there's two steps forward oh yeah it definitely you know? usually is but yeah, yeah it was it, what happened what transitioned for me and this is going to whole different thing and i don't want to stay on this was uh my speed my speed went up yeah. And, and force right. equals mass times acceleration. So right. I was able to accelerate through the lift, yep. which was able to lock that out. So yeah. anyways, it's on the rise. Yeah. So that's an interesting conversation, though, when you're talking about, you know, conventional deadlift to a elevated axle deadlift to a, a, a axle wheel deadlift, right. which would be the Titan at 13, 13 yeah. and then the elevated axle. And then, of course, the silver dial does. Yeah. So you're right. There's records on all of them. Uh, and I think that I think, you know, having all these records and all these different you know, modalities or all these different implements, I guess you can say I think it's great for the sport. I think it's great for people maybe that are better or find themselves in a different category of strength just to give them an opportunity to have some of these goals to shoot for. I know some of the purists out there go, let's not get too carried away with that. Yeah, but yeah. I kind of like it. I, I don't mind it at all. You know, if you're a good block presser, you know, like Nick Camby, right. who, by the way, we're getting on the show here in the next couple of weeks, uh, our first shout out to Nick. Or not our first shot. I yeah, we've mentioned him many yeah, times, but sure. he's coming on the show. But you know, the block pressing I think is really cool. And some that I at first when I saw them, I'm like, really, they got a record for this? But I get it, right? You, it's another it's opportunity a different for movement. a heavy presser yeah. to do it. I definitely, I'm, I'm weird. I'm in between because at first, like literally in the beginning of this conversation, I was kind of making a joke about. It. I was like, they have a deadlift record for every inch. Sure. Like yeah. that gets kind of annoying. But at the same time, like if there's not, I mean, if you're the best deadlifter in the world, Thor, half Thor. Um, then, then go break all those if you really wanted to, you know, and like, of course you got to train differently for all of them and all this stuff. So Time I don't know. I'm kind of in too. between. I'm in yeah. between. I like them. Cause like, I, like you said, I think it gives us an opportunity, like, and it's the same thing in powerlifting for me. Like we've got, you know, a world record for every weight class, for every subcategory for juniors, every federation, juniors, for every and, federation. Yeah, yeah. and it's like you know, there's 37 people all of a sudden have the deadlift world record in powerlifting and then and then you've got then you've got strong men that have the deadlift world record which is an I would entirely like, different deadlift yeah. i would like to just see the deadlift i would like to like who, like yeah. who's the strongest deadlifter who's the strongest bench presser but at the same time you know, maybe one day I'll become a world record block presser. Well, and well you never cool know. I mean, that. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Maybe you'll have, maybe there's a certain, uh, I, maybe I have a niche. Well yeah. I'm going yeah. for the squat world record. Look out, Joe Sullivan. I'm oh, coming boy. for the yeah, squat yeah. world record. Joe, give us I'm a like, call back. I'm like three years away from that. Even like getting close to that. I'm like, <laughs> I shouldn't even say three years. Three though. years, like 30 years. You 30. might have to start back all over when you're reincarnated. Well, I'm going to do it natural though. Uh, well, that's a whole different ball game. Yeah, a lot of love to those guys uh, who are hitting big numbers. Joe, dude, that guy's a squatter, dude. That dude's a squat. Yeah, he's born to squat. God, yeah. Unbelievable, actually. But, yeah. you know, I think um, I think having all these records and all these different implements, again, I, you, you said it, right? There's, oh, well, you got 37 records here and 35 records here, whatever, depending on what you're talking yeah. about in particular. But let's talk about the hundreds of thousands of lifters out there. Yeah, yeah. To be able to hold one of those records Just any is pretty of them. special. It's still good. Yeah. yeah 100%. I even love the state records. You know, some guys give people shit about state records because, you know, sometimes you're the only guy that's ever went, you know, you, there's one, there's like one, one class. class. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. Hey, more power to them. It, yeah. it sets a standard, right? So as a competitor, you come into it and everybody's done it. You look at what the state records are in your class, whether you're even sniffing that or not. 
and it just gives you something you yeah. know out there to shoot for maybe someday or to we had a guy at the rookie rumble that set a state record in the deadlift an older gentleman i think it was for his age category yeah. obviously yeah. and um i think he was probably the first one to to do that age group and that weight class and at it again in his federation in the usapl but it doesn't take anything away from the guy it's like it's like when we were talking with um one of our athletes here she was going to take first place in one of the divisions because she's the only person in the division. She goes, it feels kind of cheap. I said, at the end of the day, you're the only one that did the work. It's not yeah. cheap. Yeah. That just means that you, it's just like if I were to do the work to break a world record, you're the only one that did the work to, to get that, that gold medal podium spot, you yeah. know? So like, don't take anything take away, nothing from, away from it. Yeah. No, 100%. not at all. And, and, and before you know it, somebody's going to be sniffing you out. And Someone's coming after it. As soon That's as, right. As soon as somebody yeah. sets it, Sure. Somebody's going to look at it. That's and as right. soon as somebody looks at it, somebody's going to go and break it. That's the way it works in strength sports. Yep. Absolutely. And, and those people are that want it are talking about it, and they're going to you know, go after and it. And so. as far as the state records go, I like state records because a lot of times, like, okay, for example, I could hold a, a state deadlift record, which could be higher than a national record, but my total isn't good enough to qualify for nationals to set a national record. Yeah, that happens a lot, actually. I mean, so, there's people that specialize. You sure. Know, and you yeah. don't see so it it's cool. To, it would be cool to be like, I hold Michigan state record. Oh, by the way, it's actually higher than the national record. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we talk to our state rep about that globally, right? American yeah. records are And that's national. And American that's records. as a result of that kind of thing, too, yep. a little bit. So, yeah, interesting. So Static Monsters, uh, really cool competition. Uh, maybe we should have been talking about it sooner. I've been looking at it for a while. I guess it never really dawned on me. The reach that they had until I read that post, I thought, wow, 21, 22 countries. That's amazing. Yeah. You know what's awesome, too, on that same vein where we talked about video qualifying? This event isn't a video qualifying event, but I've been doing a little bit of research on the Clash series because I'm trying to reach out to Anthony and try to see if we can go down there and shoot some content. Right. And we've got some some athletes that are friends of ours that are going to be competing in it. Um, so we're going to go down there probably regardless, but what capacity is kind of is still up in the air. Um, but anyways, I was looking at that and I didn't realize like anybody can go and sign up for the clash series. Like you don't have to be a pro. You don't have to have that. That is the qualifier the clash in the coat or the clash at the corral, the clash, uh, uh, what's the, the, the on, on the Cumberland, which is the Tennessee one. There's four qualifiers that That's you right. can go to and then yeah. qualifying in that event. You can go to clash on the coast. That's on ESPN guys. Like literally anybody can go and compete. Now they're all 105 kilogram and that's kind yeah. of their niche, yeah. but, but the strong dude from the farm down here can go down to Absolutely. Tennessee and do that. So yeah. that's kind of cool. I, I like that. No, I, I like, I like it a lot too. Cause I think kind of what Sean sort of alluded to on our, our interview with him was that, you know, the pro status right now, and not to say that the pro status isn't going to become something a bit more meaningful in the United States. Uh, it's just not right now. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I'm not sure what my feelings are on that. You know, I like, I think the status is cool. I think winning, you know, the opportunity to call yourself a pro in anything is kind of a cool sort of, you know, pinnacle or the top of the mountain to reach in any particular sport. Mm -hmm. um, but with strongman right now, it's a little, I'm a little up in the air with that. However, um, U.S. strongman, uh, U.S. United States strongman that is, yep. uh, is doing a Tampa, uh, what was it called? Okay, I wrote it down anyhow. It's a, it's an event down in Tampa. They've been doing it a couple years now, a promoter down there. And they're going to have a pro division, which I believe is their first official pro division um, that they're going to be competing in. I think Willie Wessels, uh, who is the president of United States Strongman, had mentioned that uh, you know these guys are going to start being contracted a, a bit, yeah. or at least uh, be able to you know be paid to be professionals, and or at least to some degree, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's a start, right? So we can all appreciate that. So maybe we'll see that kind of change a little bit, but I love the way Corral's doing it or Clash of the Coast is doing it. Yep. And those are important. Hopefully those never change, those type of opportunities. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, let's face it, you might be a guy that can compete with these pros like Sean was saying, yeah. but you may never find yourself in an actual pro strongman event just because you didn't go through the right channels to get your pro card and all that kind of stuff that right. you still enjoy competing in and you deserve to be at that yeah. level so i, and I think it. i think yeah. those like the clash series is a great one too like i think their judges at the clash series are like martins lisi's nick best like not you're, you're gonna get to hang out with the pros the pros yeah. pros world strongest man yeah. type it's a pros. different type of event that's kind of cool you know sure yeah. um yeah. and i think the pro card thing yeah. that they're doing for for united states strongman's cool like i said they're they're we're actually going to talk to him, I think, um, coming up, hopefully. Um, yeah, yeah. And try to get a little clarification yeah. on actually what the pro status is. and Because they're going to be under contract, from what I understand, um, which is cool. But kind of like, I think, 
I like to see that because I think if we have a legitimate um, way to become a pro strongman and, and, and we can market that properly, it's going to become equivalent to like an IFBB pro in that like, yeah, you get to compete in pro shows, but it's just going to open up other opportunities for you. Every IFBB pro bodybuilder has, as soon as they got their pro card, had had a, a number of opportunities open up to them, whether it be becoming head trainers at gyms and, you know, bathing suit, you know, models or like whatever. I'm just picturing strongmen in bathing suits. Yeah, I'm just it. saying, but I, I, I'm so, saying the, 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 the <laughs> listen, Martins did a, did a Geico commercial. So you become a pro strongman. Sure. You know, maybe, opportunity. Yeah. Opportunity. Maybe yeah, if yeah. it's marketed, yeah. right. We, yeah. we, we start opening up some opportunities for these people because I mean, honestly, like I think every strongman will tell you there's no money in it. Sean owns his own gym and trains his clients yeah. just to be able to compete, you know, powerlifters the same way, unless you're the 1% of the 1%, they're not making any money. You know, so opening up opportunities yeah. for people, I think, is cool. Yeah, it's really going to be interesting the way all this unfolds over the next few years. Because I think we're at that point now where we're going to start seeing this stuff happen a little bit faster than we've seen it happen over the last 20 years. And I think the one big hang-up is going to be, and, and maybe we'll talk to Willie about this. And I, we alluded just a minute ago, we got Willie Wessels coming on the show. And we're going to be, uh, well, we're going to open up a floodgate of questions for him. Because we have a lot ourselves. I'm sure you guys are going to have a lot out there as well. So when we reach out to you and say, hey, give us your questions for United States Strongman President Willie Wessels. We want them coming our way because uh, I'm ready to, to go after Willie a little bit and get these questions answered, and uh, I'm sure he's ready to answer them for us. Yeah. But in any case, having two federations or, or more, and we've talked about this, that's really the the the, the issue is, is trying to figure out how to come up with some type of truce that allows a pro over here to be a pro over here to be able to compete with these organizations to some degree. Because, listen, they're both legitimate pro status when you win them in either organization. Mm -hmm. uh, not playing favorites. You, you win a, a pro status in Strongman Corp, and you win a pro status in the United States Strongman, you're getting the top guys. These are still guys that can go in either way and, and win their pro card in either league or division, mm -hmm. depending on where, of course, these, these pro cards are given away at, right? We talked about that regionally and demographically speaking. Sometimes you don't have an opportunity to compete in the United States Strongman event. You only do it in Strongman Corp or vice versa. I would like to see that maybe, you know, this, this sort of blending a little bit at the very top. I get it. Here's my organization. Here's yours. But somewhere at the very top, like we talked about right. with American the Strongman, top of the top, the top, yeah. of the top. Let's, let's get yeah. them all together in one spot. And that's, and that's going to be the way yeah. that, um, that, it, that it grows from a marketing standpoint, which we've talked about multiple yeah. times, is being able to get the top of the top together at, at these events. And that's what's, you know, yeah. what's going to yeah. generate our favorites. That's what's going to generate it our... It helps that's, everybody yeah, that's out. Gonna, that's going to generate yeah. our rivalries. That's going to, mm -hmm. you know, like that's... Yep. Even if you do it as, even if you bill it as United States Strongman versus Strongman Corp, you know, but as long as those, all those guys are there, I don't care how it's done. Yeah, those, that'd be interesting, be, I guess. But yeah. then you create loyalties and that kind of thing. You know what, I, you know what I think? You, yeah, I get it. There's some rivalries and yeah. stuff. It could be kind of fun. You never yeah. know. I think if we have a big enough legitimate pool of professional strongmen, that could be really fun. Yeah. You know, but if, uh, if it's lopsided one way or the other, it could be a bloodbath, but... Uh, what what could be cool and, and throwing this out there because you know we're the, we're the mediators yeah. for the, the strongman community. Wouldn't it be fun though to alternate years on who kind of runs or promotes the show? So you kind of got your own footprint on it. Sure, at the same time. sure. That'd be yeah. that'd be a good way to start maybe to do yeah. it. Right? And maybe listen, maybe we're th maybe we're making a problem that's not even there. Maybe, maybe we, we, we are. Maybe or, we just don't understand. Or it maybe enough. this has been talked about in the past. And they just shut the fuck up because <laughs> it's never going to happen. Yeah. Well, listen, Willie's coming on, and when we get Willie on, and, and, and he's candid about everything. I've, I've I know Willie. I've met him years ago, and he's a great guy, and he'll open up about some of these questions that we have, and I'm sure a lot of other fans of the sport and competitors of yeah. the sport have. So we'll get to the bottom. And again, of all it that. just uh, it comes from from a spectator point, but it, it just comes from a consumer. It comes from a, a place of. Just wanting to understand it all because um, we just want to promote this sport. You know, That's we right. just want to promote strength sports. I don't care who runs it and who's in charge of it. Just do a damn know? good job. Just do a damn know? good job yeah. of it. Yeah. And maybe it just takes like Giants Live or something like that to come to the United States and do something like that. You know, like wow, a, maybe a big man. promoter or something like that to say, hey, guys, this is what I'm doing. And you guys are going to jump, you know, get on board or jump ship and kind of just take over it or something. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know about all that. I mean, you're right. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if I if I if I if I'd I like to see if I promote our... a million dollar show, people are going to have to get behind it. You know what I'm saying? Well, right? I get that, and you're right. I mean, I get that. I, I would like to see some of our homegrown uh, sort of organizations really step forward and, and take this, you know, by the reins and get the job done. Yeah. But you're right. There's there's different opportunity out there. Speaking of. Uh, 
did I already bring it up? But speaking of uh, um, of Giants Live and OSG and all that stuff, um, Great Britain's Strongest Man. Yeah. Uh, and Tom Stoltzman who, won it. Who? Yeah, who's that guy again? <laughs> yeah. Who the hell is this have, guy? Haven't they just won everything this year? Yeah, I think him and his brother have won just about everything, right? <laughs> have him come over and do America's Strongest Man, I'll tell you. But in any case, um, that's pretty cool. And, and if you saw any footage of that event, that's kind of what gets us talking about this, you know, because we want to see the sport grow. We've set it for 25, 30 years now over in the United States to try to get it to where it's widely accepted like it is overseas. And yeah. it's moving in that direction. It's moving. We'll Listen, when I competed, you know, back a cent half century ago, it's a different animal today. And I'm shocked by it because the progress has been made. It's just a slow tuning here and it's eventually yeah. getting there. So, so in all... In all fairness, I mean, we're moving along in a pretty good clip. Maybe we're just a little impatient yeah. as we see this. No, I think there's up. a couple steps that need to be taken to really kind of get over the hump. I think, um, you know, it's like, again, I bring this up, but like, um, you know, um, disc golf just, oh, Jesus. listen, they just, <laughs> they just took a huge step in making disc golf become a national sport. Um, basically, like a bunch of, they just signed a bunch of disc golfers, disc companies just signed a bunch of disc golfers to multi-million dollar lifetime deals. And this is for disc golf. There's no reason we can't have something like that for strongman. And that's what moves this stuff forward. You know, yeah. getting these athletes yeah. together, making these events, paying these guys for the work that they put in, promoting these things and supporting these things as consumers. And this is how these things move forward. So that's yeah, I'm well, I, the disc, disc golf analogy, I guess. Uh, I'm it, just saying that it's you're right. It was though. a no, it yeah. was an underground nobody the, sport. And, yeah, and I yeah. mean, now we're signing multi-million dollar lifetime deals mm -hmm. with these guys mm -hmm. and, um, and, and they're signing deals with the PGA. They're signing deals with ESPN to get it on TV. And I mean, it's fucking disc golf, you know? Yeah, so, you know, strong man, powerlifting has always been one of those sort of, you know, redheaded stepchild sports and i think maybe it's always it's always going to be like that i have a feeling but we we are getting a large enough audience now to at least legitimately start having these conversations yeah, yeah. right uh, at the very least yeah probably a bit ways away from it we may never see it but there's certainly you won't i will you're yeah. oldest jeez <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> Fuck me. I had everybody convinced I was at least 29. Yep. Man, great. Old guy on the podcast now. But uh, I am going to make that comeback, though. I'm going to do I it. And I don't know if, I mean, I'm taking nothing away from these Masters competitors. Uh, there's some pretty tough dudes out there. Uh, like I said before, careful what you wish for in a Master's class, powerlifting or other, because these guys all competed for years in the other class. Yeah. And now they're all happy to be there, too, because they're lifting lighter weight and they're just killing it. So. Yeah. I'm excited just to get this hip fixed, uh, which, oh, by the way, uh, hip replacement surgery, January 14th. So Scheduled the training stone. starts. Uh, I'm ready, man. Few weeks I've, already, I've, already, I've already put your name out to a bunch of people yeah. saying Joe's making a comeback. Yeah, so good, good. Hold me accountable. And, yeah. yeah, hold me accountable. Yeah, I'm going to do it for sure. But uh, Oh, also, too, uh, Matt Kehoe, who is the RPG guy, um, he trains down there with Ben. Uh, I, it would be uh, I would be amiss by not saying his name here on the podcast today because he did a, a thousand twenty five on the uh, on the elevated axle pull uh, for That's a lot. Yeah, That's yeah, for just under monsters. that five. That's I know, just under I know. That. <laughs> yeah, this is a guy right around the corner from us. Uh, he did a three eighty log, I think. Uh, I want to say that uh, if I got that wrong, I know I it's close. Three eighty four, I think, something like that. Yeah, I, real big log well. presser, and I, I think I guess he had more in the tank on both lists, but you know, he he represented well. He could be one of those guys in that top ten. Listen, I haven't seen many lifts over a thousand pounds uh, yeah. since I've been kind of following the static monsters from over the weekend. I get it. There's a lot of information still to come out, but you might argue Matt's in that conversation right now. So yeah. that would be really That's cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, Ben had a lot of great things to say about him. He he's a, a soft-spoken guy, family man, hard worker. You know, dedicated to his craft. He doesn't spend a lot of time on social media. I'll still try to figure out where he's at so we can all kind of cheer him on and maybe start following him and yeah. you know getting to see what some of his lifts are. But in any case, uh, shout out to Matt Kehoe. Uh, again, what a great uh, a great athlete. I mean, geez, old Pete's he's doing some things that you know yeah. on the national level as a professional. Uh, Arguably in that professional conversation, a guy like him, you know, he yeah, can probably pull it off. So for sure. While we're on RPG real quick, I yeah. forgot last week to mention uh, Sean McHugh. Um, we talked about him before. He's actually going to be coming on our show. He's a Super Bowl winning tight end from the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2008. Yeah, how cool is that? Um, super cool. He's going to come on our show. But I mentioned I meant to do this on our last episode. He, I think, became like the second or third guy in the state of Michigan to total over 2000 pounds raw. Um, in with wraps, I think officially raw with wraps, but right. um, which is an amazing in this powerlifting, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, an amazing feat, raw. I mean, two thousand pounds is no joke. 
But to do that, a week before his competition, I was actually training down there when he did it. He partially tore his bicep on a basically a warm-up deadlift, 600 pounds-ish. Oh That's always how it happens, isn't it? And, um, yeah, and, and he talked to Ben, and Ben was like, whatever, dude, the plan's still the same, and, and, and they kind of came up with a game plan. And um, So he went and competed. He did his first deadlift with, I believe, um, I'd have to look up the numbers again, a little over 700 pounds, basically got him on the podium. Um, he upped his, which he did hook grip, mind you. He'd never hook grip before. He basically taught himself hook grip and wow. hook gripped it. Yep. And then um, his second deadlift, he went switch grip, because he knew he wasn't going to be able to hold it, pulled it to secure first place, which was, again, a little over 700 pounds, 780 pounds, something like that. Um, but to total 2,000 pounds, he needed to make his third deadlift. On his second deadlift, when he went switch grip, he tore the bicep the rest of the way. Mm, Lord. Went to do his third deadlift, pulled his third deadlift with a torn bicep to total 2,000 pounds. Yeah. Just an amazing, cool story. Yeah, always a little drama to get the job done. Just a different... Well, it's just he's a, an animal. Just guy's a different gear yeah. and raise different. And I think it goes back to him playing college ball sure. and professional football. Yeah. He's got a different mentality. Absolutely. We're going to get him on the show. We're going to talk to him about that and, and also his backstory. Um, so really cool thing. I just want to bring that up. Yeah, I tell you. Well, I, no, and I'm glad you did bring up Sean because I was in awe when I first laid my eyes he's on that Holy fuck. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, you guys all know how big some of these tight ends get in, in professional football. I don't think you really understand how large these guys are until yeah. you stand next to them, you know, because we're all kind of we're all kind of playing football from our couches at home, right? Yeah. Oh, that guy's not that big. Look yeah. at his stats, and he's three hundred pound offensive lineman. It's just a different type. I of I don't think pounds. you understand what six six two sixty five looks it like is a, on a dude amazing. that's all muscle. Yeah, he's all muscle. <laughs> yeah, he is a big dude, yeah. unbelievable. And when I saw him squatting geared that day, and he was doing, a, I think, close to a thousand pounds. Uh, again, I mean, the dude is just a walk. He, you remember the uh, old uh, movie Universal Soldier? Yeah, with yeah, uh, Jean Claude Van Damme movie. Van but it was like a cool one if you're if you're old enough, like I am apparently, to remember these movies. Um, they uh, there were some good ones back in the day. You oh know? yeah, that was a good one. And Sean kind of when I first saw him, is fuck you like one of those guys in Universal Soldier. Oh yeah, he's just, just, just a like, monster, just a yeah. monster, yeah. an athletic monster. Yeah, he was. So. He looks like he could still you know run you know a mid four four. 40 i mean the dude's yeah looks yeah, every he looks yeah, amazing he, he looks so. probably he's yeah, he's yeah i'm sure he's holding 30 pounds more muscle than he did when he played uh, sure. in professional ball yeah too, he's a big dude big athletic guy so that's going to be a fun interview it's always nice to get some of these professional athletes right yeah we're, i just might be got, a football conversation for about 40 I don't, minutes i'm not right? i don't want to get yeah i don't want to give anything away he's an amazingly cool backstory yeah. um how he ended up where he was and and um him and i i, I give him a little ribbing at the gym the other day um because i'm a cardinals fan and in 08 they beat the cardinals yeah, and uh, and he had the best response I ever heard. So we're gonna yeah. share that story on the podcast. Yeah, share that on the be, podcast. Yeah, you did tell fun. me that. That was good. <laughs> that was a, a, it's the right answer. Right, right way to answer that question. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Anyhow, we've got some fun fun guests coming up. And oh, by the way, too, why I'm on fun guests. Uh, we've had we had a, I. It was my fault. We had some issues with a couple of our interviews that we did. We're trying to work them out. Hannah Lindsay. I'm actually gonna meet with her again and. We just had some technical issues, and it was my fault, and, mm -hmm. and we're trying to sip through those. So we had a couple interviews coming everybody's way where we were putting it out there, putting it out there, got the interview done, and then all of a sudden some things were corrupt. And needless to say, I wanted to cry about it. It was <laughs> awful. I was like, oh, Lord, but we're working out some of those kinks. So some of these people we mentioned in the past are still coming on. and. Uh, as we're kind of talking about getting yeah, and other people listen, on, we didn't forget. So. Yeah, don't forget we run this on a negative budget. Yeah, so yeah, I'm right. using my Walmart HP laptop, you know, so um, sometimes we get what we get. Um, yeah, and, we don't and we're, we're looking at ways to upgrade things and stuff like that just to keep continuing to bring better content to everybody. But unfortunately, some of these early things have uh, – it's been a learning curve. That's Yeah, uh, a little bit, a little bit. So I made some mistakes I'll never make again. But <laughs> in any case, uh, oh um, – yeah, you know, there was a, there was a, um, Gabrielle Bergholzer, Bergholzer, she took second place at the, um, at the Strong Corp, Strongman Corp Nationals event. And I just wanted to, I watched some of that again this weekend and I wanted to say a shout, give a shout out to her. And I don't even know where she's at on IG, but I'll get all that good stuff out to everybody. She's a, a U.S. Army. Uh, I think she's active actually, uh, okay. if, if I read that right. But you know, when I looked at her and she had a second place overall, great finish and congratulations to her. But it just reminded me when we had Emily uh, Scapatici. Mm -hmm. I think I got that right. 
I think you actually got it. I think I did. Time. I'm taking some of this uh, this THC uh, uh, mints right now. So, oh, yeah, they're good. Oh, they're, they're good. Well, so. you know, I'm just my hips been bothering yeah, me. I'm okay, trying yeah. a different route, right? Mm. But in any case, um, just reminded me when I saw her because Emily was ex ex army, mm -hmm. right? Uh, veteran and uh, just these athletes were getting out of the military and are fun to watch. That are coming over into strongman and coming over into strong woman or powerlifting. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know I, we get it, right? Because we're ex-military ourselves, and we, we understand sort of the mental fortitude of preparation and training and holding yourself accountable and all this kind of stuff. And shout out to all of our military uh, active personnel and, and mm -hmm. vets, of course, because uh, I, I get it. It doesn't surprise me. But once again, when I saw a picture of uh, Gabrielle, I thought, yeah, it just makes sense. Yeah. She just looked fit and, and just, just like a brick shit house, man. Yeah. It was just like, yeah, okay, you're getting the job done. Yeah, now. I think that's like you said. I think that's um, it's a testament the, the one thing the U.S. military taught me, they didn't teach me a whole lot. I was a grunt, com, combat engineer, 12 Bravo. The one thing that, that the U.S. military taught me was whenever I thought that I was done, I wasn't even close. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's a mentality that, sh that, that carries over the rest of your life. And, and you choose to use that in your life where you choose to use it. And if you choose yeah. to use it in fitness, it's going to make a huge difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because that last rep, that last set, that last workout that you don't want to do, in our minds, it's not an option. You know, it's, it's just what we do. Yeah. And we got to get it yeah. done. Um, and I'm going to bring his name up again, which is crazy because, you know, I'm not fanboying this guy. But... Um, Anthony Furman is, uh, I believe he's also active army. Oh, active right now. Yeah. Um, okay. At least Reserve he was, anyhow. um, yeah. he won the NBC Titan games too. And, and, and he, you know, we talked about, he runs the clash on the coast series, but, um, he was on the Titan games as well yeah, with pro Danny strong Spiegel, man, by the way. pro strong man. Um, he, I believe he is still active or at least recently, um, mm -hmm. he would have gone inactive yeah. if, if not still currently active. So also well, military guy. Yeah, on so. all levels, that guy takes it to, to, you know, yeah. he gets, his, a big he gets the job done. Uh, so yeah, Gabrielle and, and all the military people that are coming over into strength sports right now, I think it's pretty fun to watch. Bring it. I love it, man. I do too. And there's a reason we're getting them that are tip top condition, it's, of course. It's perfectly I don't know if we're going to see any super heavyweights jump in because you still got to be able to, you know, take that pack and run a mile, yeah. right? Or something. Well, like and they changed their PT requirements. Have you seen that? No. Since uh, you and I have been in their, no. their, um, their PT exams now are, it's no longer the, 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 the sit-ups, push-ups, two-mile run uh, for the for the army. Um, it's more it's more a CrossFit style. Oh, really? PT. Yeah, yeah, they have a hex bar deadlift that they do now, and and like a body drag, and which is like a sled pull. Oh, wow! And I didn't know that. Yeah, they completely revamped it, um, from what I understand. So um, they're even coming out more fit than we were. <laughs> you know, so because it was easier than shit. Honestly, <laughs> looking back on it, you're like, oh fuck, you're letting all these guys in. I mean, maybe they're being a little more selective because they don't need quite as many people. Yeah. I mean, I, I say that joking. Of course, we I recommend everybody join the military for at least two years of their life. It'll change your life. Forever. That's funny. I recommend nobody joins. No, military. really. I don't know. <laughs> I, I see a lot of these people out there now. I want to get back on this topic on a rant like I did last weekend. But I think a lot of men need it in their lives, um, and maybe some women too. And maybe if you don't have any direction, it's a good place. It's to a great start. place if you don't yeah. have any direction. That's where I'm getting at. Hundred percent. Um, yeah. You know, I've I've actually advised all my kids not to join the military because I whatever. Um, it's, it's not, it's not a job, um, to, to be taken lightly. No, no, you know? right. in that respect. Sure. Um, yeah. but in the flip side of that, you know, it taught me a lot of things. If it wasn't for, you know, basic training in the military, I probably would have ended up a different person. For Absolutely. A hundred percent. So change my life. Yeah. Change my life. Too, Absolutely. So. Change my life. Luckily, my kids have me to give them that direction. They don't need the United States military. Go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, I, you know, my, my daughter's on her own path, and I love that about yeah, my kids. And yeah, and yeah absolutely. And but if she ever came to me and said, "Hey, Dad, I'm 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 thinking about enlisting," I wouldn't stop her. Yeah, I actually tell her to go into ROTC and do it do it the way I should have done. Yeah, it. go become an officer. Sure, go why not? To, go, yeah. yeah, OCS yeah. and and right. do it the you know the the cush way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not yeah, the absolutely. big not the big trenches with an E tool way. <laughs> right, right. There's a different way to go about it. <laughs> the same experience so uh and she's much smarter than me so i'm sure that wouldn't be a problem for my my daughter but uh so getting on to we had a couple questions come in uh you know one was a question i got at the gym and i want to i want to talk about this real quick and yeah. you know i i was at the gym on saturday and uh as as a normal saturday you get kind of people in there you haven't seen before at all different times and i was uh working uh a tricep push downs, I think it was. And right next to me was the bench press. And there was a couple of young guys on the bench press and 
they, you know, they're doing a pretty good job. And we got into kind of a conversation about, you know, benching and, and I asked him if they were power lifters and no, no, we're not power lifters. You know, we're just like bench pressing. And it got me kind of reminiscing in my brain. I kind of like that about these guys. You know, I, I, I get it. We're, we're both in the strength sports kind of arena, but I think sometimes we miss the boat in realizing that there's just a lot of guys and gals out there that are lifting for their own reasons. And mm -hmm. I'll talk about guys in particular here because that's generally when we talk about bench press, we're thinking about, you know, the guys and the guy that was always our thing, right? When we're, or at least my thing when I was growing up in the gym, uh, was always, hey, how much do you bench? You know, that was the big question. You mm -hmm. mentioned to me, I said, I guess they don't ask that question much anymore. And you're like, no, they do actually. They ask that all the time. I just don't have an ear for it anymore, you know, or people don't bother asking. Well, I think, I think it's because it's you're so inundated in the gym world that all your friends are gym people. You get that yeah, question yeah, from you, people that aren't that's fitness true. people. That's true. You yeah, know, so. Yeah. Yeah, when I saw those guys and they were doing that, my first question to them, on the other hand, now is, do you compete? Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not even how much do you bench, because you just assume that you know everybody's competing somehow. But a lot of guys aren't. I would say ninety-five percent of every guy that you see in the gym that's doing a fairly good job at getting in there and getting the job done, they don't compete. They're just normal dudes. They want a good bench press. They want some bragging rights over a couple beers with their buddies in the bar on the weekends, and you know they're hitting it hard five days a week and they're enjoying their weekends and. You know, with their girlfriends or looking for girls or, you know, or whatever, getting yeah. that bar pump on on a Friday. Or maybe these guys were on a Saturday morning kind of thing. And we did, I did the same things, you know. I've got to remember where we came from. Long before all this competition stuff, yep. realizing your strength potential, we all started just lifting weights to put a little arm in our T-shirt or a little shoulder in our T-shirt kind of thing. So anyhow, these guys, uh, you know, go on to tell me a little bit about their bench press. And they say, hey, you bench press? Yeah, yeah, I bench press a little bit. And. They said, oh, you got any pointers, you know, some stuff? I said, no, you guys seem to be doing a good job. You, know, you can turn that conversation into a fucking three-hour training session right. if you want to. Right. But they're not power lifters. You right. know? We're not going to get into setup and cues and all that stuff. So I gave them a little bro benching advice, you know, switch it up a little bit. You know, spot o bench or Larson press or, you know, do something, pause reps pause or press, something, yeah, you know, yeah. just something a little bit different. Because one of the things I see with a lot of young guys in particular or, or just guys in general who just kind of decide to come into the gym young or not, they want to start getting into bench press, is that they think bench press more is better. And I'm going to be a better bench presser by just bench by pressing bench all more. the time, yeah. which is, of course, we know the truth behind that. That's just not the truth at all. So they mentioned the rest of their routine, and I said, oh, you guys got the hang of it, and that was it, kind of a high-five kind of thing, and I was, you know, nice meeting you, and I kind of went back to my routine. And then a little while later, I'm watching them move around the gym and kind of, you know, this gym's not very busy, so it's easy to see them, what they're doing. And all of a sudden, they're doing this high-volume tricep stuff and these 20-pound shoulder flies. And I, so basically, they got off the bench press, and they just went to all this super high-volume I guess bodybuilding, bodybuilding style, yeah. style, yeah, yeah. Which you know, there's a place for that too. But what it reminded me of is the mistakes that I made when I was younger. And I actually went up to him. I said, "Hey, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about your bench press and how you might want to do some certain things to make it better." You know, I said, "Don't, don't turn your power off. You know, mm -hmm. don't turn your power off after bench press. You still have to incorporate that power into these accessory lifts. It doesn't mean you go into bench press, you know, for whatever it is, your three sets of five or." you work up to that or whatever your program takes you to. It's not three sets of 35, right. you know, generally, if you're trying to get a good bench press. And, uh, you know, and, and transfer that power over to a couple other movements. And I always say a couple other movements. You don't have to make your entire workout all about power movements. I get at the end you can kind of finish things off because you've already done a good enough job breaking down the muscle at that point. Sure. A lot of guys overtrain in that sense, and I don't know if that's the right word to use a lot because you just put a long two hours in the gym and you could have been gone in 45 minutes and got the same result. Whether you like to be there or not, maybe is why you're there. It's more of a social kind of thing. So you just hang around and putz around with the lightweights and get the pump going. So in any case, these guys, you know, were doing kind of that. And I said, you know, where's the power at? What do you mean? I said, you can't go from bench press to all this high rep shit. You got to throw some accessory work in, some power accessory yep, work, right? Yep, yep. And one of the ones that we see all the time is, is, is dips or maybe pushdowns, right? You always see this kind of pushdown, this little like rocking shoulder up, pushdown, 30 or 40 reps, get a big tricep going. But what about the power, you know? And I always tell, so I told these guys, I said, don't leave out the power. Don't leave it on the bench press. You still need it for your rear delts and you need it for your mm -hmm. back and you need it for your triceps. All the thing that's going to transfer into a better bench press for you. And it's just one of those things that, you know, to no fault of their own, right? Because somebody taught me that as well to eventually become a good bro bencher. But it just kind of was one of those things when they asked me that question, I don't feel like I answered it right the first time 
right. because I didn't know them well enough to right. give yeah, them yeah, the right yeah. answer. Right. So. You were just like, yeah, it looks like you're doing good. And then and then you saw some mistakes or some things that could not, wouldn't even, not even be mistakes. I mean, there's like you said, there's nothing wrong with doing high volume stuff. There's a time and a place for that, it, depending on what your goals are. Like you said, maybe your goal is just to get a good tricep pump or maybe your goal is to, you know, <clears throat> you know, burn a little bit extra fat and using it more for 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 cardio fat burning right but would you but when you come to us and you say i want a better bench but when you press, come and say i want a better bench yeah, yeah there's definitely there's definitely a little bit of room for improvement in those things it's it, like you said it's 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 not turning off the power and we can go on for hours on training you know methods and right but like just that, to keep but, it simple not yeah, going just, into dc and conjugate and yep, all this kind of stuff just keeping it simple yep just you know translate over to a couple different power movements i think one of the things that's probably the most neglected especially when you're talking about bench press is is the back you know sure the, the, the sure doing heavy back accessory work is like that's that's what that's your base that's where a lot of your power comes from in the bench press whether you're bro benching whether you're setting up to power lift whether you're whatever is 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 having a stronger back so i think that's neglected a lot in the bench press when people are trying to up their bench you know like how you'll never see them do like a snatch grip heavy row you know yeah. Like no one's doing it, you know, yeah. and it's yeah. just neglected. So, yeah. but yeah, I think that's, that's key is, is I think what the important thing to take out of this question and what just happened to you in the gym is, is, is understand what your goal is, whether it be, you want to compete or you want to have a heavy bench or you want to have a better squat or you want to have a better deadlift, whatever it is. And, and understand, really start breaking down those movements on what you need to do to improve them. And, and the, the, the common misconception is what you said. And, and I'm, been notorious for doing it myself is well if i want to be a better bench presser i need to bench press more right and there is that to a point because there is there's 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 gains to be made in technique sure there is and you can't yeah, do those absolutely. without bench pressing that's right but the foundation is you need to build those heavy foundations you need the front delts you need your back you need so figure those things out whatever it is and really learn how to work those things or hire a coach yeah, yeah or hire a coach right <laughs> but, but i think but think if you do that you know, and you can keep it real simple for, for you guys out there listening. I go, yeah, I want a better bench press. What does it take? Well, benching, obviously, that's a key component. Uh, you know, variations in that press is also important. You know, if you can do some, uh, again, spot Larson, floor pressing, dumbbell pressing, just some variation stuff. So you can get some different things involved in that movement without overcomplicating it. Mm -hmm. And just go power on some key movements. Yeah. You can have fun doing that. Mm -hmm. And I think what will happen is, is these guys will start building that muscle and it'll start turning some different ideas in in their mind a little bit about how they're getting to where they want to go. But not only that, maybe even the foundation for really kind of maybe competing someday or just sort of looking at I mean, at you can press only. Down. So what absolutely, the hell, you know? Absolutely. And but, it's funny because yeah. we, when, we, when we interviewed Daniel Rijov, probably one of the, arguably one of the best pressers in absolutely. the world right he now, is, yeah. He, yeah. he made a huge key in there, and I don't know how many people caught on to it. He said... I did more heavy dumbbell pressing than I ever did bench yeah. pressing. Right. It translates over to the bench press. Sure. You know, and he does a lot of heavy. That's why he was it able not to, only translated for him. That's why he was it, able to do yeah. 250 it, it, pound dumbbell yeah, exactly. presses. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And I, I get it. You know, this whole sort of going after numbers thing isn't for all of us. But, you know, when I was a uh, young guy and, and, you know, up even through my 20s, you know, I was known for bench pressing. That was my thing. And even at that point, I hadn't competed yet. Mm -hmm. I was just known for it. But I, I, I think there's different, and it wasn't about a heavy bench press necessarily. And that's what I love about kind of the idea of creating your own gym lore a little bit, you know, to be good at something that's, you know, like a bench, for instance, without actually max, maxing on a bench press. Mm -hmm. You know, just as impressive to me as a guy that can do 225 for 50. Oh, yeah. Or, or do 315 for 10 or 15 or, or 20 31. or 30 or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, so you don't have to necessarily go in the direction of pure power. Sure, sure, sure. But you still need to be powerful. Yeah, I mean, that. <laughs> you know? but power, power essentially will translate down to reps. Reps doesn't always translate to power. No, it doesn't, sadly. I, I think so. if it did, I would have been raw benching you know, 640 pounds. <laughs> yeah, I was a way better rep bencher yeah. than I was. There's a reason. Else. There's yeah. a reason the one rep uh, max calculator isn't accurate because that's know. right. Add 10 pounds for every rep, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, no, it's far from it. But yeah. but I will say, yeah. But if you were that guy that was that good repping kind of bench presser, and you finally learned how to do it, you know, the the, the right way for a one rep max, mm -hmm. right? You started oh, learning yeah. the cues and yeah. the way to, to set yourself up. You never know. You never know where that could be. You know, you got a guy out there. Pressing bench press with his buddies on International Chess Day, and he's doing 405 for reps of 10. 
uh, yeah, you never know. I mean, yeah. that, that could translate. Yeah, he might be able to do 450. He might be able to do 550. That's right. That's know? right. Um, yeah. and, and everyone's individualized on that. Like, I am, I have terrible muscle recovery. Um, I am a terrible rep any movement yeah i'm a i i yeah some guys just aren't good i'm not good at squatting for reps i'm not good at benching for reps i'm not good at deadlifting for reps i have a good amount of power in each one of those especially specifically my squat i'm pretty decent at but you when i look at my program and it's like 12 reps on the squat i'm like who the fuck does this yeah yeah hey it's hard to breathe (laughs) really hard to breathe it's really hard to brace and keep my breath you want to find out how out of shape you are do 12 reps on squat so bad at it without passing out right, yeah. or deadlifts or something i mean form definitely a lot of times goes out the window yeah, go, right? yeah. Your, your breath gets shorter and shorter there's no way i could and... brace properly doing 12 reps no, i just no. can't do it but, but again there's a place for that kind of thing sure. if you're not a competitor and you and you want to get stronger and bigger at, at doing what you're doing but I, you know i love that, at, that i love that side of the gym and i again i i often forget it i forget where i came from sometimes and what I mean by that is we got so wrapped up into competitions and so wrapped up into numbers and so wrapped up into, well, the stuff that we generally find ourselves talking about on the show that I was just this guy, man, you know, yeah. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 years old. Couldn't wait to get to the fucking gym. I didn't know shit about shit. All I know is I wanted to lift heavy and I wanted to put weight up yep. and I wanted to get in there before I went out to, you know, have a few beers at the bar on a Friday and Saturday night. And I wanted to buy that t-shirt that looked just right. And I wanted to, you know, all those things that sure. uh, young guys think about. Yeah. And that's okay. Um, I think, I think bro benchers get a bad rap, um, because they're generally like chest bumping each other. I'm like, yeah, one rep max. And they're all terrible bench pressers, but like, yeah, we all started out. Yeah, like that, all, we all started out like that for sure. But I think, I think the difference is knowing your goal. You know, if your goal is to get more powerful at the bench press, there's some things to well, do. Well, that's just if your it. goal is to get a good chest pump, then go in there and get a good chest pump and do your yeah. thing. You know, it's just yeah. it's just understanding your goal and understanding what you want to do. If it's want to look good in a t-shirt, then uh, you don't care about power movements. You don't need do whatever it. the yeah. fuck you want. Yeah. But, but you if you know, want to get stronger yeah. at these things, like you say you do, then yeah. these are the things you need to do. Yeah, ego can get involved sometimes, and, sure. and right. And, and I think well, and we've we've said this uh, so many times, you can't even count. The difference between now and 15 years ago is yeah. simple. Information, information, information. information. Yep. So if you are one of these guys and like the couple of dudes that I ran into at the gym the other day, uh, you know, I, at the end I did say, hey, why don't you go check this guy out and that guy out online. Yeah. And there's some great ways to get better at it. Well, and that's, the, and, that's so. the, and that's why I think that's why bro benchers, your typical bro bench, right? The guy at the YMCA that only bench presses 225 all day, every day. You see yeah, him there yeah. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, yeah. always bench pressing. That's why I think they get a bad rap because there's no excuse now for not finding the information to get better at every single thing that you do, if that's your goal, right? right. So it might like, not be their goal. It might right? not be their goal, and yeah. that's fine. But I'm yeah. saying that's that's there's no excuse now if it's like, hey, I want to be a better bencher. There's yeah. no excuse for me walking in the gym and watching you bro bench every day if I know your goal is to be a better bencher. The information's out there. There's yeah, that's true. It, that is absolutely you know? true. And, and with that said, if you're just a guy that just loves to get then get out the there and get under the bench and move some weight, right? yeah. go out there and yeah. do it. Yeah. You know? And I, sometimes I go into the gym yeah. and do that, man. Honestly, I have a program, I have a schedule. And there's just some days I come in, I'm, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. I do some yeah. heavy fly shit, which is never yeah. in my programming, yeah. Yeah. you know, and it's, it looks cool. That's why we love the gym, yeah. man. That's what got us in there in the first place. It yeah. wasn't always centered around a program. No. I mean, yeah. shit, I didn't know what a program was for the first time. Sometimes years. programming gets boring. But then there's days like like two days ago, man, I came into the gym and I was ready to crush my program. I had a, I had a, I had a bad week the prior week and fucking that, that switch went off and I was like, oh, dude, Right, shit's happening. right. Therapy. I'm it's time for therapy, motherfucker. Let's get this therapy. Yeah, over exactly. With. Yeah, <laughs> you know it, it's funny. Sometimes Amber will come in, and we'll, we're you know we're training and, and uh, getting her ready for states right now. But you know if we weren't so close to states, there are days where she'll come in and say, "All right, what are we doing on the bench today?" I says, "We're just bro benching today." Yeah. I'll throw that program right out the window and just have fun. Yeah. You know, yeah. let's just bro bench. I don't care about your breath. I don't care about your... Yeah. I, I want you to lay down on that bench and just Move push that fucking bar. Yeah. I don't care how you get it up. Squirm all you want. We're going to get it done, you right. know? Uh, I just think there's something to be said about just throwing some programming out the window sometimes, throwing the serious nature of programming out the window, and just having fun lifting weights again. Yeah. Get in there and do some fun stuff. Aside from being yeah. stupid and getting injured, have some fun in yeah. the gym, you know? And that's like, you know, again, kind of a similar situation right now. I'm really close to the state, so I'm pretty strict on my programming, but... 
we used to do it here. We had that strength Saturdays, you know, and I'd start doing. Oh some yeah, strong, those are fun. I'd start yeah. doing some strongman movements. Sure. I'm 10, 12 weeks out yeah. from anything, I don't care. I'll, I'll come in. <laughs> they were, those Saturdays weren't relevant to yeah, anything. I'll do some Denny Stone holds, you sure, know. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great time. It's fun to test yourself yeah. with some of this stuff, and who knows, you might fall in love with the movement. Next thing you know, it's a part of that programming or routine. You never know. Doing, yeah. So you never know. So anyhow, uh, that was a fun sort of moment, a question slash, and I said, ah, we'll we'll put that on the show, and I did get a lot of questions this time around and i'd like to pick one or two good ones and and then of course not let's not forget our stone bear 369 ah, stone bear 369 yeah, stone bear 369 our jake Harmon stone bear 369 and his weekly question i'm gonna make a banner that you need up. to have some music right after that yeah. we'll pause for a minute and then you right. can edit it in <laughs> um so stone bear 369 asks us this week um what did he ask us he says how many hamsters would it take to beat iron bibby in a tug of war how many hamsters would it take to beat Iron Bibby? So I saw him post this question on his story as yeah. he was sending it to the Gym Life Instagram. Oh, he did? Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I responded to him, what the actual fuck, Jake? Yeah. So that's the answer. Well, this is that it? Well, actually, I got a better <laughs> answer for you. Uh, and I'll tell you how I did, got there. So Iron Bibby is about 450 pounds. The average hamster weighs about 3.5 ounces. Mm. So it would take... 1,358 hamsters of an average size of 3.5 ounces to weigh as much as Iron Bibby. Okay. Right. Okay. So, okay. So let's put Iron Bibby on one end of the rope and 1,358 hamsters on the other end of the rope. And you think, okay, that's a fair fight. Well, it's really not. Let's think about that's this. That's just the mass part. That's the mass part. Right. Yep. Now we got to think about how a hamster is built. They're really built for more speed and endurance. Okay. Not necessarily strength. So mm. we might have to double the number of hamsters to kind of Get to that point. All right, so we're at 2,700. Add 2,700. Let's just double it right away. We're at 2,700. All right. And there's a static nature to that pull, like that initial sort of weight jerk, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you're more of that math guy. and how Yeah, there, well, there's a lever, definitely right. a lever advantage. Sure, there. because he's, he's taller. taller right. Longer legs, arms, yep. Right, so no doubt we'd have to add a few more hamsters there. And you got to think about traction too, right? All those little hamster feet on the ground. Yeah, and that depends too. Are we doing yeah. it in sand or on, on hard ground? Yeah, I, don't hard, think, I don't think they can do it on the sand. No, they couldn't. I think yeah. they just drag them right yeah. Through the sand. So yeah. yeah, let's say a hard like pavement or asphalt type okay. surface. Yeah. Okay. The, it, the, so the size of that little hamster foot, yep. you know, to the size of Iron Bibby's feet, yep. you need a little bit more, you know, uh, what do they yeah. call it? Like surface area. Surface area, mm -hmm. right? So then we'd have to at least add another 50% of hamsters to that to okay. get to so a another point. 1300. So we're at 4,000 ish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the answer to the question is it would take roughly 4,000 hamsters. You're right, 4,000 hamsters to uh, beat Iron Bibby in a tug of war. Right. There you have it, Jake. There you There's go, Jake. the answer to your 4, question. 4,000 is the easy. answer. Yeah, that was Give simple. us a hard one next right. time. Right, no kidding. Test us, will you? Jesus. This stuff's getting way too easy. <laughs> so I think we'll end on that note. Because <laughs> we have pretty much spot. ran out of shit to When talk we're about. talking about <laughs> hamsters, we have nothing else to talk no, about. No, that's it. That's it. We're going to end every week with Jake's question because at that point... Our brains just Yeah, we're just fried. Yeah, we're fried. So thanks again, everybody, for listening to episode 12 uh, and joining us uh, on your uh, Spotify, other platforms, YouTube, wherever you're listening and watching us. And we appreciate it. Keep up the thumbs up and the likes and all that good stuff. Share. Let us know what's going on. We can't say that enough. And thank you for your support. In the meantime, we've got a lot of great interviews coming your way. Uh, and then get ready for uh, episode 12 to drop uh, soon, episode 13 next week. And, of course, all these great guests we have coming on board. Thank you and stay strong.